A stu- stu- Studio D production. Tasted good. So why can't you all just stir up my damn caramel macchiato? <laughs> okay. If you order, you order it, it upside down. And then it's like a regular it's like latte. latte. No. Because then we mix the caramel in with the espresso. Yeah. No. And because <laughs> I do should not have just to get know a that. Straw. Yeah, I shouldn't straws, have to know you that. You can also ask for a straw. It's straws not like we. I know there. Matt did the mobile order and he went in to get them and he oh, didn't bring me a straw. And I was well. like, oh, so now I'm just gonna drink pure espresso <laughs> until a lot of people I like can that. mix it up to have that's how you drink caramel flavored water. Honestly, I have seen on the internet. I'm not one of these baristas because an iced caramel macchiato is fucking delicious. But like, there are a lot of like really pretentious baristas that are like, yeah. getting an iced caramel macchiato defeats the purpose of drinking. A caramel macchiato. Because the reason why the espresso goes on top is because a lot of people like <laughs> taking that sip of like just espresso. I don't, but like I get I guess I get it. But like why? I don't know. Sit down, I wanna tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. I don't know. I was just <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to F'd Up Family Storytime. I'm Salem. And I'm Hannah. And with us today, we have Kelly. Hey! And our <laughs> storyteller, Belle. Yeah! And it's actually a special episode because, Ooh. I don't know if it's a special episode, we are putting out a bonus episode. So uh, we've got a couple of good stories coming from the sisters, Belle and Hannah. So it's Yay. a two-parter. We're two doing parter. Parter. In honor of Halloween. Halloween. That's what this Halloween. is. That's spooky season. So uh, we're here recording episode 25. So how's everyone doing? Good. I'm hungover and my back hurts. So you're doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Sounds good. I'm missing the Chiefs game right now. So that's my dedication oh, to snap. you all. <laughs> You got to stay focused so we can take a break and catch some game. Yeah. So anybody got anything they want to talk about before we head into the story? Well, I've bitched enough about Starbucks. Yeah, no so. bitching. <laughs> Anyone got a story? Anything interesting happened this this week? I mean, two weeks. <laughs> no. I did see, I mean, this is kind of like along the lines of like conspiracy theories. I saw this conspiracy theory on Instagram the other day. And um, it was pretty much just a meme, but the meme was like, my favorite conspiracy theory is that everything's going to be okay. Oh, God. <laughs> That's sad. That is kind of sad. That's so, really sad. You know, it's kind of spooky adjacent. In, in, spooky adjacent. <laughs> in similar sad fashion, um, my husband, who's usually pretty optimistic, he always likes to try and see the good in the world. He is always trying to remind me that most people are good. And he's always trying to remind me of the statistics that, you know, life is better now and and than it was in the past. We're safer now. Like, he's always just optimistic. And this morning he said something just that just, like, made me so sad. He was We were talking about shooting in Denver yesterday, and he was just like, why are people so crazy? It just makes me sad. <laughs> I was just like, oh, even my, my optimistic husband is being beat down by 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's been a rough year. Low it's been key a rough year. 2020. It's not, not low key. High key. High, High key. key. Fuck 2020. 
doesn't seem like we're going to be out of it anytime soon. No, I don't think <laughs> what the if changing this year, of the year is going to make no. a difference right now. What if this year is Groundhog's Day and on <laughs> on December 31st of 2020 at midnight, it becomes January 1st of 2020. Hey, <laughs> I would be down with that because that gives January us a good fine. month and a half before things, well, two months here in the yeah. States before things really started to go it's to shit. like three months. And we can't, we don't have that guarantee. We going to shit in March. It was March yeah it was Matt's birthday so and we can't have that guarantee in 2021 so like you give me two and a half solid months of things being back to normal okay like there were minor things the start of this year was fantastic Belle and I went to New York and saw a Broadway show like it was amazing Mm -hmm. yeah then everything won the Super Bowl everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked And I mean, it wasn't great in Australia. No. And there was some like fear that we were going to go to war with Iran, but like that didn't pan out. Yeah. It so, didn't happen. So, so like I would three. take those months back. I would take those months yeah, back. I would take World War Three conspiracies <laughs> over COVID. Oh, conspiracies. Yeah. You had a pause. I just had. Like, I, would oh, take I would take World, World War Three. It's been point. that bad. <laughs> Pretty sad. <sighs> But have you guys seen how pretty the trees are right now? They are They're really, really pretty. Yeah, no. I was driving down the street coming over and as I was driving, like the trees were changing. Yeah. And then there was a plane that was just like coming up over the road. It was like picturesque. It was so pretty. Yeah, my front um, tree outside my front window has been turning really, really a vibrant yellow Ooh. over the last few days. It's really pretty. And I took some pictures of my baked goods for my Instagram because I'm always taking pictures of baked things that I make for my Instagram that I have like five followers on um, <laughs> at Cal Bakes All Day if you're interested <laughs> anyway and I was like holding it in front of the tree because the tree was so pretty trying to get like the fall <laughs> colors in the background it's pretty fun so I guess we can move on to the story uh, so Belle is going to tell hers first and your guys' stories, are they two separate stories? or They're do- two separate stories, but they are connected. Oh. So okay. do you want to introduce just kind of the theme? Uh, yeah. So in honor of spook season, we are doing stories about two of the spookiest people I can think of, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. so we're doing two different cases that they covered and exposing them as the frauds that they are (laughs) good job good job girls fuck the warrens that's right (laughs) and for people who don't know they well if you're into horror movies then you probably know about them unknowingly because of the conjuring franchise (laughs) (laughs) Um, but Ed and Lorraine Warren were two paranormal investigators and like the demonologists demonologists yeah like self-proclaimed demonologists yeah (laughs) I don't think that you can like get like a degree degree. in demonology I don't know if that exists you could I would I would have been really excited to go to school if I was getting a degree in demonology (laughs) like (laughs) probably wouldn't have dropped out (laughs) But they they covered a lot of like pretty big paranormal cases in like the 60s and the 70s. One of the bigger ones that they were a part of was Amityville. They were super involved in that. I know we talked about them a little bit when we covered that Mm -hmm. case. A big one that's really well known is the Annabelle doll. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They covered that case. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have been exposed to be terrible frauds by a lot of people. And they were also... Really overtly Christian to the point of being extremist and terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And they used that to like push their paranormal investigating. And it was all like 
very Christ-based. Yeah, and they just use that to exploit a lot of people yeah. that like really needed help, you yeah. know. So those okay. bastards. But anyway, that's a little history, brief sixty second history on the Warrens. <laughs> um and so the case that I chose to talk about, I was inspired by the full moon that some of you may know is happening on Halloween. Woo-hoo! Saturday Halloween and the full moon. So I chose to talk about the South End werewolf. So my sources for my research that I used. So the very first time that I heard about this story was on my favorite podcast. It's called That Spooky. And they're a gay couple out of Toronto. And each um, episode that they put out, they each tell a different story. And they're just like really fun. It's just like a, a fresh perspective outside of like, you know, like the straight male kind of that dominates the true crime genre you know so they're all just spooky stories yeah like they do like they do i think my favorite thing about them is that they do a lot of like hauntings Mm. and a lot of like true crime and like spooky podcasts that i have found focus more so on like true crime than like the paranormal spooky shit and like the paranormal spooky shit is what i live for and so i really (laughs) like them because they have a really good variety of like true crime and they do a lot of like really cool like lgbtq like true crime that doesn't really get talked about but i'm gonna stop gushing about that spooky the episode (laughs) that they talked about the south end werewolf was episode nine it was put out on december 4th in 2018 it's called stunt queen um i used an episode of sightings this episode aired in 1992 and they did a clip on the South End Werewolf. Uh, and I found the clip on YouTube, so you can find that there. Um, I used an article from Paranorms.com called Bill Ramsey, the South End Werewolf. And it was written by Les Hewitt and it was published June 27th, 2016. I got some information from a YouTube video posted by Haley Reese titled The Case of the South End Werewolf, published June 10th, 2009. And I got information from an article called hideandshriek.co.uk and it's called The South End Werewolf, Bill Ramsey. And it was published September 29th, 2017. You have a lot more sources than I do. <laughs> Five. That would barely three. get a B in any college paper. <laughs> like, <laughs> this podcast is not a college class. No. All right. So the South End Werewolf is probably one of the most widely disputed Warren cases. Many people don't believe the validity of this story, but I'm going to talk about it today. So our story begins in Southend-on-Sea in 1952. Bill Ramsey was just nine years old, and he was playing in the yard on an unassuming Saturday afternoon. Suddenly, Bill was overtaken by a frigid chill that swept across his whole body and a permeating, foul odor smelling of sulfur filled the air. In this moment, only two things were on young Bill's mind. Running away into the ocean. Just like running into the ocean to like join the waves. What a dramatic little bitch. And (laughs) wolves. And And that was it. So he's like in his yard and he's like all of a sudden just like freezing cold. It's in the summer too, by the way. So he shouldn't just be like freezing for no reason. And then he's just like overcome with these thoughts about like running into the ocean and wolves. And wolves. (laughs) Okay. All right. So um, his mom noticed that he was kind of like being weird in the yard. And so she called out to him to get his attention and kind of bring him back to earth. And it was in that moment that Bill became filled with adrenaline and just pure rage. So he pulls out 
this it was like a like a fence post but it was like in concrete so like you know like just like he pulled it out of the he concrete? pulled it out of the concrete like, with his bare hands he's nine years old wow. yeah he pulls this fence post out of the concrete and he starts like swinging it around the yard he's like breaking it on the ground and then he starts chewing on the wiring of the fence that was still attached to the fence post. And the whole time he's like growling and he's like snarling. And at this point, his parents are freaked out. So they like run inside and they like lock themselves inside while he's just like outside, like freaking out on this fence. So they ran away from him. Yeah, they locked themselves inside and they were just kind of like peeking out, making sure that he didn't get like kidnapped or something. Oh, my nine-year-old's okay. I I mean, I would too. (laughs) Like if I saw a nine-year-old Rip a fence post out of concrete and then start chewing on it. I feel like even if it was my yeah. own nine-year-old, I'd be pretty freaked out. I feel like my first response would be to get out there and be like, what the frick are you doing? Put that thing down. But then if he didn't respond, maybe then I would go hide. I'd start throwing hands. <laughs> Quit ruining the fence, young man. You are paying for this out of your allowance. <laughs> yeah, so his parents just like went and hid in the house until he calmed down. And eventually he did. He put the post down. He stopped chewing on the fence and he walked up to the house and he was like, can I come in? Yeah. So. And he never had any sort of behaviors like this before. Because like, obviously some people have a lot of mental health issues that the parents might've known about and been aware of, but this, that's not the case. Yeah. This this was the first time that anything like this had ever happened. He had never shown any sort of like weird, you know, signs or anything before this. Okay. And it wouldn't be until several years later that anything like this happened again. So Bill grew up with no more incidences. When he was a kid, he just had the one incidence when he was nine. Um, He grew up, he got married to a woman named Nina, and they ended up having three kids. He worked as a carpenter, and he lived a normal life, except for the nightmares. Ooh. For the first two years of... Yeah. (laughs) So for the first two years of Bill's marriage, he was plagued with these chilling nightmares. The nightmares were always similar in nature, and they always ended with his wife running away from him a few steps ahead, looking back in pure terror. Bill would awake from these nightmares in a cold sweat. He also began to notice that as he was waking up, he was panting and snarling like some sort of wild animal. So he would like wake up from these dreams and like hear this panting, and the first time it happened... He kind of accounted that, like, he didn't know that it was coming from him. He, like, woke up and, like, heard the panting, and it took him a moment to realize that he was making that noise. Um, That's weird. Yeah. So the dreams lasted for about two years, and in 1967, they just stopped. And Bill didn't have another incident in 15 years following that. Wow. So... It's a lot of time in between things. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you look back at my 35 years of life, there might be, like, two or three weird ass things I did <laughs> that could have been like major foreshadowing if in like 10 years I go crazy and become a werewolf or something. But like right now they're just like, I don't know, things You're just happen like, in my life. That's weird, I guess. Like yeah. we go on. We I all, do weird stuff I feel like sometimes. we all have that. Right? Yeah. 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 It's being human, I think. Yeah. Part of yeah, that's my point. I'm not the crazy Going one. Going a little bat shit every once in a while. Yeah. It's human. <laughs> so on a night in 1983... Bill was out with some friends for a drink. While out at the pub, Bill began to feel a cold chill throughout his whole body, the same chill he had experienced in his youth. Get to the ocean, my boy. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Bill started to feel really sick, and he excused himself to the restroom where he noticed his reflection. As Bill was staring into the mirror, it wasn't his own familiar face that was looking back at him. Instead, Bill was staring into the eyes of a wolf. Of Michael J. Fox. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Bill is in the bathroom, and he's not looking at his own reflection. He's looking at a wolf. So he's freaking out, and he walks out, and he probably like tells his friends probably something along the lines of, like, oh, hey, we should probably get out of here. So his friends take okay, him home. Can you see that wild. I'm a wolf? I'm turning into he, a wolf. Yeah. So. Like, Look at me. What do you see? I love the wild speculation once again. <laughs> he probably, I mean, he probably said something, something exactly like, like I this. I just, you know, like, I'm just thinking, like, if I were in his shoes and I'm, like, drunk at the bar and I walk into the bar and I look into the reflection expecting to see my own drunk ass looking back at me and giving myself some finger guns, but instead <laughs> I'm looking at a wolf, I'd probably dip out. I probably would tell nobody. What I just saw. No, I would, I would be like, them. I would no, be like, hey guys, I would like dip out How do I and look? be like, hey friends, can you take me home? I don't feel very good. I drink is way too much. And I'm, you do know, I have something on my face. Is there anything feral about me? <laughs> I like, would bring someone else into the bathroom with me and just watch their reaction as they look as into they look the in mirror the to make sure that it's they. It's not just like a funny mirror. Like a trick mirror. And then oh. I would assume I was too drunk. so bill and his friends leave the bar and in the car ride home the situation begins to escalate Mm. bill began to growl and was holding his hands to resemble claws with his shoulders hunched and animalistic growls filling the car bill reaches over and attempts to bite his friend's leg who was sitting in the passenger seat that's not a nice thing to do. I, no. I feel like I had a kid who I went to elementary school with who like did that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Bill tries to bite his friend's leg who's like sitting in the passenger seat and the guy driving the car. Everything that I researched had made a point to say that the guy driving the car did an excellent job of very calmly pulling the car over and like not freaking out, like not swerving the car. Like I just want to point out that in my research, every source <laughs> said that this guy was an amazing driver. So good for you, random DD. I can't getting everybody off the road safely. I can't even see a spider in my car while I'm driving and not freak out and almost run off the road. But he managed to deal with his friend biting Trying his other to, friend. Like, yeah, like eat his other friend. He was just like, okay, we're going to do this. <laughs> So he ends up pulling the car over safely, and they all attempt to get Bill out of the car. But kind of similar to when he was nine, like he in this episode exhibited this like superhuman type strength, and it took all of them like struggling against Bill. I think there were like three other people in the car, and it took all three of them to get him out of the car. And by the time the struggle was over, Bill had pretty much returned back to normal. So they got him out of the car and he had kind of been like, what's going on? Like he had no recollection of what had happened. He, you know, like got out of the car and like was no longer like fighting them. And so I guess it doesn't really say what happened after this, but I guess they just like got him back in the car and took him home. And he was fine after that. They're just like, that was weird, dude. I'm not (laughs) drinking with you anymore. Yeah, no shit. What did his parents do after this? I'm sorry to jump back in your story, but like what did his parents do after he like yanked the fence out of the concrete? I mean, I think it's just like speculation. (laughs) That was naughty of you. Yeah, they probably were 
just like relieved like it doesn't nothing ever says like what had happened like I don't think he was like actually disciplined they probably just like brought him in I'm sure that he didn't look great having like been chewing on a metal fence like, did they take so him they to probably had to clean him up did they put him in a strongman contest because if he can rip a fence out of concrete <laughs> that's exactly so what they did to the circus I'd make some money off of that kid they ignored it feel... in good old British fashion <laughs> well it's helping to further this story because it sounds like now his friends also just ignored the fact that he went cray cray yeah, yeah it just kind happens of. sometimes I mean well you just and drink too much yeah I mean, I've seen people do some weird shit when they're drunk. They were yeah. too polite to say anything. <laughs> if anyone ever Scared. tried to eat me when when they were drunk. Well, I don't know that. if I would hang out I with would them not, anymore. Yeah, no, I'm sure that they dropped him off and were like, okay, we're never going to talk to Bill yeah, again. That makes like, sense. <laughs> he, he was taking some other type of drug and we're done. So a few months later, this was around Christmas of 1983, so the same year. Bill began experiencing chest pains, and he thought that he might be having a heart attack. So he drove himself to the hospital, and, and he was admitted and taken in for testing. If you think you're having a heart attack, you're don't not supposed drive. to drive yeah, yourself. Yeah, don't drive yourself. Bad choice. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> they took him in for testing, and he was in the middle of a blood pressure exam when he began to experience the chills and foul stench that had only occurred a few times before. In this moment, Bill grabbed the nurse's arm, sinking his teeth into her flesh. Witnesses described that Bill's entire body was hunched over and his hands were contorted into claws and his teeth were barred like a rabbit animal. He was growling and became... Baird, yeah. I don't care. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. I remember when I couldn't pronounce (laughs) heresy. 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 And heretic. And her... her Heretics. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, Bill. It's hard to tell stories that you researched on the internet. Yeah. Everyone made fun of me for not being able to pronounce things. That's right. (laughs) So he was growling and he became so unbelievably strong in that moment that it took several people to finally restrain him and they had to tranquilize him to get him under control because he was so strong. And they weren't able to get him under control until they tranquilized him. What a mad life. Um, After this incident, Bill was advised to stay in the hospital for further investigation. But because he was a voluntary patient, he was able to chuck himself out. And that's exactly what he did. Didn't they, like, file charges against him for attacking the nurse? Then he wouldn't have been able to check himself out because they would have arrested him, right? Yeah. They let him check out. It's just a job I just am hazard. seeing a pattern of people not just, doing Just, like, not anything. actually doing anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, they basically were like, you should probably stay because we think something's wrong with you. But he was kind of like, nah, I feel better. And so he left. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was a few months later that he would make another visit to the hospital because in January of 1984, Bill was on his way home from visiting his mother when he began to feel the same symptoms he had before. He returned to the hospital where he had his previous incident and he checked himself in again. While in the emergency room, Bill lost control yet again and began attacking several people. This time, it took four police officers to match Bill's super strength. One of the officers was so badly injured, he spent four days in the hospital after Bill's attack. This was when Bill was taken to the police station where they recommend that he be institutionalized. And he denied. He didn't want to be labeled as crazy. There was a lot of stigma at that time about, like, you know, like mental illness and mental health. And so he was like, no, thank you. And at this point, the the accounts that I read said that he was acting calm and he was acting rational. So the police let him go. Excuse <laughs> me? Someone, wait. Okay. Yeah, I'm, 
And I think that's where we're going to take a break. They could have pressed charges. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know if they pressed charges or whatever, but he was not arrested at this time. Because he was white. Like, he was, like, taken in and he was questioned. But he basically, the whole time, like, through all of these incidences, there is that, through (laughs) all of these incidences, he claims that he has no memory of what happened during these, like, weird trances that he's in. So, and then after, after his like symptoms go away and like it's over, like he returns back to just like normal, regular, whoever bill, you know, and so they don't find anything wrong with him. So, I mean, it's weird, but I agree with you. There's a lot of like, "Ah, I guess boys will be boys kind of going on in this situation. Hannah's right. You better believe if he was black, it would have been an absolutely different story. Yeah. And what year is it? Um, well, so the first incident when he was nine happened in 1952 okay. or something. And then these last few incidences, everything in the hospital happened in 83. And then the second visit to the hospital happened in early 84. Okay. So, so it's still a while ago. Well, and it's like pretty consistent, like 15 to 20 year gaps between each kind of like incident because it was in like 50 early 50s when he had his first incident when he was nine and then it was late 60s when he was having the nightmares and then it was these early 80s when he started having the the outbursts yeah Yeah. so when Perrin Ibarra turned into a werewolf it didn't take him that long it only took him a few seems (laughs) seems kind of uh arduous anyone get the the reference Time consuming. <laughs> one, one person get Jesse that reference. <laughs> yeah, he didn't actually turn into a werewolf. He was a wolf brother. That has happened to me. It's always fun too because I never know personally how the altitude's gonna hit me when I start drinking here in Denver. It should it's be like, the same though because like know. you live here and you're yeah. used to it. And you, every time you drink, it's maybe it's just because I don't know Sometimes how hydrated just, I'm gonna be that day. That might be yeah. part of it. Sometimes yeah. I just get drunk yeah. faster. If you've if you've eaten. You know, if you have an empty stomach. Uh, the day after Piwacket died, I went and had beer with with grandma and grandpa at a brewery. And then I went to my friend's house and I had four drinks over the period of like five or six hours. They were all just beer. It wasn't any like strong alcohol or anything. And I hadn't eaten like anything at all in like 24 hours. And I was a mess. I was just like rolling in the grass with the dogs, <laughs> like crying. Oh. And it was, yeah, it was. So how much you eat in the last 24 hours, I think, makes a difference, too. Not just in the last, like, hour or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want to get back into it? Yeah. Okay. Tell us about the werewolf. The werewolf of Southend. All right. So it was... Okay. So it was January of 1984 when Bill had his last incident at the hospital. He was taken to the police station. He was released. Just recapping. So a couple years later, it's July. It's 1987. So Bill was making his way downtown, driving fast, faces past, and he was probably homebound. But we couldn't tell for sure. <laughs> making nice. my way downtown. Um, so one of the faces that Bill happened to pass was a local teenage sex worker. And Bill gets this grand idea that he's not going to, you know, like ask her for services or anything, but he's going to place her under citizen's arrest and take her to the police station. So he picks her up acting like he wants to, you know, like pay for her services. And so she gets in the car and as he's driving, she kind of realizes that like, oh, like, you know, this guy isn't what he's saying. You know, everything's kind of weird about this. So she's kind of freaking out in the car. 
And so they get to the police station, and as soon as he parks, she, like, runs into the station. Because at this point, she's, like, freaked out by what's going on. Um, and a police officer comes out to kind of see what's going on. So he was a sergeant named Terry Fisher, and he approached Bill, and he made the unfortunate mistake of touching Bill's arm. Because in the moment that the sex worker ran into the police station, Bill started feeling the symptoms again. He got the cold chill. Good timing. He smelled the smell. Yeah, perfect timing. Run in the water. (laughs) As Terry Fisher touches Bill's arm, he kind of just like snaps. And he like freaks out. He grabs Fisher by the throat and like throws him into the air, basically like throws him on the ground and starts like choking him. Um, Fisher said that Bill had told him, I have it here. Okay, so this is a quote that Terry Fisher wrote in his police statement that Bill Ramsey said, the devil is in me. When the devil is in me, I am strong. I am going to kill you. I am strong and you are going to die. Ooh. It took six men. Well, okay, some sources that I saw said five. Some sources that I saw said six. I wrote down six because it sounded cooler. (laughs) (laughs) It took six officers to restrain Bill, who was reportedly throwing them around, quote, like matchsticks because of his superhuman strength. Um, He was arrested and he attempted to escape his cell through the reinforced hatch that he had busted out. And so he ended up getting stuck with like one arm in his head, like out of the cell. And the whole time he's like snarling, he's growling, he's like in this trance. They ended up having to call the fire department to like get him out of his cell. And like they had to sedate him to get him, you know, even able to get close. He's just like totally freaking out, right? They end up putting him in a Runwell Hospital for psychiatric evaluation. Um, Bill, throughout all of this, was able to recall anything from when he was like in this trance, like any of the events that happened. Like he doesn't have any recollection of what had happened. The psychiatrist had a hard time finding anything that could explain his behavior. Um, they were thinking that it might be lycanthropy which is when people believe that they're animals. So he was kind of diagnosed with that. But while he was in the hospital, the media kind of got a hold of what was happening, and he became, like, super well-known as, like, the werewolf of South End. So while all this is happening, he's, like, being evaluated and everything. His story is spreading pretty far, and it spreads far enough to get to the ears of Lorraine Warren. Ooh. The evil ears. So um, Lorraine Warren found out about Bill Ramsey after watching an American-made documentary on the subject. And Lorraine Warren concluded that the only obvious cause to what was going on with Bill was demons. Duh. Of Of course. course. (laughs) After much convincing, Ed reluctantly contacted Bill. Ed didn't think that... Ed kind of thought that this was like kind of a stretch. He's like, werewolves. Really? Yeah. But she convinced him and they reached out and they ended up visiting him in London or in, they weren't really in London, but they visited him in England. And yeah, because if he was in London, then he would have been the werewolf, werewolf of London. London. Ow. <laughs> I was waiting for an opportunity <laughs> to, to use that. <laughs> that song somewhere in this I story. I didn't think about that. The whole time I was researching this story. <laughs> I was in my head singing Werewolf of South End. Is that what it is? Yeah. South End? Yeah. <laughs> so they end up going to England to meet with Bill and they convince him to travel to Connecticut to get exercised. 
So um, get some he has to exercise. travel all the way to Connecticut to get exercise. Yes, yeah, but why? it was paid for by People Magazine because they wanted the exclusive scoop. So People Magazine <laughs> paid for him to fly out to Connecticut. Nice. Thank and, goodness for Trash Magazine funding know, trash right? experiences. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, in July of 1989, Bill and his wife Nina traveled to Connecticut to meet with the Warrens and undergo an exorcism. It was reported that the night before the exorcism was supposed to take place, Bill tried to strangle his wife while he was asleep. So at this point, his system symptoms were just escalating and he was just nowhere else to go. Except Connecticut. I guess. (laughs) He's there. So the Warrens enlisted the help of Bishop Robert McKenna, who was their own trusted specialist, and he was to perform the exorcism. As he began the ritual, Bill self-reportedly was unimpressed. He's like, (laughs) doing the ritual. He's speaking in Latin. Bill doesn't really have any idea what's going on. He's just kind of like, okay, I'm here. This is paid for, you know, whatever. Uh, it takes a, an hour and a half of the ritual before Bill starts to show any sort of symptoms. But suddenly, Bill begins to, you know, show the the physical symptoms, the, you know, like the growling, the claws, the hunched over. The super strength. Yeah, super strength, all of that kind of stuff. Um, they reportedly had officers on the scene who were armed with, like, tranquilizers in case things got too crazy. But at this point, they were kind of like, you know, we don't need to do anything. I don't think at any point he ended up needing the officers to kind of like restrain him. But don't quote me on that. I don't know for sure. Wild (laughs) speculation. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, Lorraine Warren did report that during this, you know, experience of him kind of like transforming into this wolf-like creature, she noticed the like muscles on the back of his neck like start to twitch and tense so like other people were experiencing like him like witnessing him experience these physical changes in his body she claimed that he you know let out a howl so he was like howling and growling and all (laughs) kinds of crazy stuff and it was at this point that bishop mckenna ordered the demon to leave ramsey and um, it's reported that the demon descended upon McKenna before he was able to drive him away. So the exorcism was successful. Um, Bill never really experienced any other huh. symptoms or anything after that. And he was released from, you know, like the hospital and was able to live the rest of his life out pretty normally. What, um, did, what did he mean by the, the demon descended upon the bishop before he like so the demon I don't know. Attacked it's, it just sounded like some dramatic fled. exorcism bullshit. So the demon had <laughs> like the demon left Ramsey and then tried to attack the bishop, and but, he but was the bishop able. Was so strong, he was so he strong. Fight him up. He used the power of Jesus. <laughs> okay, I guess I was just trying to understand something that's not <laughs> some, very you know dramatic dr- yeah. exorcism bullshit. Okay, but yeah, so apparently it worked because Bill never really experienced any other symptoms after that. In 1992, in uh, one of my sources was the sightings episode that aired in 1992, and they had interviews with both of the Warrens. Um, they had an interview with Terry Fisher, the officer that was attacked, and then they had an interview with Bill Ramsey himself. And so I think that was the last information that I was able to find about him was him coming forward and kind of like speaking about his experience. So he just lived out the rest of his days? Yeah, I don't know if he's so alive or not, but um, so he was possessed by a demon. I mean, everybody and the demon says was that it worked, but everybody also brings up a really good point that he had fifteen year age or fifteen year gaps 
in between yeah. some of his symptoms before. So is it is he cured or is he dormant? Well, this was in the 80s, so it's been... It was like late 80s, 89 was when they did the exorcism. It's been about 15 years, right? No, it's been about what? 20. It's been, it's been over 30, over 30 years. We're going to cut that out. Because I was <laughs> born in 93, and I'm wait. 27. I love that okay, Salem wait a minute. said no. 15 years when Belle said like late 80s, and then I tried to correct her by saying like, it's been like 20. <laughs> I don't want it to be that long. It's been um, like 40 years. Just reminding <laughs> you guys that I'm 27. Um, okay. So, almost thirty, and right? He, Bell? We don't know if he's <laughs> almost alive 30. or dead. We I don't, don't know. know. I don't know if he's alive or dead. I didn't do a whole lot of research in figuring out if he was if alive or dead, but no other information if it happened about again. him has because, come out after that. I mean, I don't think it's happened again because I feel like if it did happen again, with as widespread as his case was back in hear. the eighties, yeah. I feel like that would be pretty notable news, at least in England, where it, you know, like I feel like something would have come out of that. Yeah, I agree with you. So so we're going to talk some shit on the Warrens, right? Yeah, my next question is, was but it all an act? Did it, it fucking or work? is it demons or is it mental illness? The age-old question. But the exorcism <laughs> just worked. Just maybe. The exorcism worked. But that's yeah. mental illness, isn't it? But let's just, okay, real fast, I want to be real clear. <laughs> Let's let's pretend like it worked or whatever. That does not give credence to the Warrens because they just got the bishop. The bishop yeah. did the exorcism, but it was demons. Didn't do if shit. it worked, then, yes. The, right? the, the, yeah, I'm just still yeah. saying the Warrens can be a bunch well, of. Well, they, they are. are. I mean, they, they pretty are. much just like Should they be leached onto this case, and <laughs> Ed Warren wrote a book about it, and now they got all the credit <laughs> and all the money. Yeah. All that the money, Warrens honey? cured him, and I mean a lot of the research that I was like looking at. Um, did point out the fact that, like, out of everything that he had tried, like hospitals, the psychiatric help, like, nothing worked until this exorcism. Yeah. So I think that that kind of, like, in, you know, like, and that's kind of why this case is so widely disputed is because, like, there's not a lot of, you know, like, really solid information about it, first of all. But also, like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, weird kind of, like conflicting evidence, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it could be mental illness, but if it was mental illness, why did his symptoms go away after the exorcism? Well, I think yeah. that that could be explained. Like, I think if it's either demons or mental illness. I mean, it, it's only one or the other. <laughs> but I think if it was mental illness, like, it's just about the belief in it. That's and true. If he, if he believed that he was cured, that could be enough to, on a super, like, deep level that is not even conscious or understandable necessarily, could be enough for him to suddenly be like, oh, I am cured. Mm-hmm. Because it's the deep belief in certain... Well, for certain conditions, anyway, it's the deep belief in them that make them manifest. Yeah. Characteristics. Well, and it's like, yeah. we, I talked about when I did the Annalise Michelle case, like, if you believe, like, people who have, quote unquote, successful exorcisms, if your belief is strong enough that you believe that you are possessed, and then your belief is strong enough, like, someone tells you that you were exorcised and it's gone now, and your belief is strong enough in that, then, like, you can very possibly not manifest any symptoms of an yeah. exorcism anymore yeah. or of a possession anymore. I mean, and like that's I, yeah, really totally. common for people who go through exorcisms. Yeah. Um, well, I have a question then. Do you guys believe that I've, I've probably asked you all this before. Do you believe that people can be possessed and that do you believe that that's a possibility? Not that he was necessarily, but that people can become possessed and that they need to be exercised and that that's a possibility? Or do you think it's all just dogma know. and mental illness? I don't know. I don't think it's as common as we like to believe, but I do think yeah. it's possible. 
I actually like. I do think that like our. I mean, I just feel like most humans have a stronger will than that, you know. And I don't think. I don't know. Like, I don't think it's as as common as it's made out to be. Like you know, like possessions yeah. and stuff. But I, I don't feel like it's out of the realm of possibility either. I don't. I don't think that they can be possessed by demons in any way that has been popularized in like the lore. Like I don't okay. think in the way that it happens. I think what maybe and I'm going to be more skeptical than most people most of us in this room, but I think what maybe the jury's out on for me is like maybe there's some sort of energy or um influence that impacts a person who already has existing mental health needs to be able to influence them to lean into that but i think that the actual like thing itself is more just in their own heads but are there energies in the world that influence us that's that's about as spiritual as i get is energy yeah no i feel that so i think that possession is nine tenths of the law (laughs) but i also think that i think it happens more frequently than we would ever really recognize but i think of it more on the way that Kelly just explained it. I think it's on like a smaller level. There are external influences, whether it's an energy or an entity or, um, you know, or something that we've created within ourselves. People can become possessed very easily. I think I, I don't know. Like, like Kelly said, I don't think that it is the way that it is depicted in media. And as someone who is like very agnostic I don't necessarily believe that like demons like I'm believe in the paranormal and I believe that there are like spirits and an energy. And so, so what kind of what Kelly was saying, like there's some kind of energy out there that could make that possible. But I don't think yeah. that it's like demons. Like people think that it is because I don't know if I believe in hell. Right. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, no, and I agree. Like, like I definitely, you know, like think that there are like evil energies out there. Kind of yeah. like you were saying. Demonic energies. And what I you don't would think, call a demonic yeah, energy. Yeah. yeah. But, but not what a Christian um, or Catholic priest would call a demonic energy. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and also, I think too oh, that I like. I think there's bad entities though that you could classify as demons yeah. that have like a will. I really do think there are entities out there that have a consciousness that interact with us on some level. Well, and kind of like what Kelly was saying earlier, like I don't necessarily think like the whole idea of like what we've like kind of like created this whole like possession thing to be and that like the entity takes basically like complete control. Yeah. And like I I don't agree with that. Kind of like you were saying, like an influence, like, you know, like whatever's out there, whether it's an external entity or something internal. Yeah. You know. I also think that it's very telling that really only people who will believe that they're possessed or say that they're possessed are people who are already extremely religious. I think that's very telling well, of the fact yes. that like it is partially a mental thing and they have this belief system that is making them believe that what's happening to them is a possession. Whereas like most people who are not that religious would explain it as something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and kind of to bring it back to the story, like, Bill Ramsey, it was never, re- like, mentioned that he was, like, super religious. Like, that was never part of his, like, identity, at least enough to, like, mention it in any of the research that I had seen. Like, basically, 
the way that it kind of came about was that like Lorraine Warren was like, oh, you have demons. Yeah. She and, was like, the religious one yeah, that put that on him. Onto him. He and thought he was a werewolf. at the beginning of <laughs> totally. like for an hour and a half of his exorcism, he was like, oh, like this is bullshit. Basically, yeah. like he was sitting in the room thinking that it was bullshit, but somehow it still worked. And so that kind of also, after having this conversation, yeah. is kind of like, how did it still how work? How did it work if he didn't necessarily have that like full belief like Hannah was kind That's of talking about? But if those external factors of the Warrens that were like, oh, you're possessed with demons, this is going to work, maybe that was the the factor. Yeah. Maybe it convinced him, yeah. and maybe he yeah. wanted it so badly because he... this was the one thing that, like, his last hope. You know, I don't know. It's a lot to think about. And how did he get his fucking super strength? Well, there are, are cases of mental illness, though, mm-hmm. where they mm-hmm. will people will get a super strength. Yeah. So uh, that's not that unusual, but it is an odd characteristic in um, his freakouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But going back to like belief, you know, and. I get really irritated when you have people like the Warrens or uh, I really like that ghost hunting show Paranormal State. But then it got to a point where everything was a demon. Everything, every haunting was a demon. We need to exercise this demon. It's like it could be something besides a demon. And it also could be something besides a human spirit ghost, too. There's so many energies out there Mm -hmm. that we don't know, like, you know, the Celtics, um, were really, you know, and also the Teutonic beliefs, but like into fair, fae folk and fairies yeah. and those kinds of entities. And, you know, there's a lot of people that worship mul- multiple deities. There's a lot of beliefs that believe in the spirits of inanimate, the trees and, and the plants and every animal and mm-hmm. stuff. So um, we just, the, the reality of it is that we don't know. So we take our beliefs to put some sort of an explanation to it. So our puny little human brains can understand it but then if we believe it strongly enough we can make that our reality Mm -hmm. i was reading this uh pagan site i was just flipping through shit on the internet and i was talking about hexing i'm like why what do you do if you think you're hexed and the first comment i was just going through comments i like reading questions and comments because (laughs) people are funny and people are stupid yeah um but (laughs) this wasn't stupid though but you know what do you do if you think you're hexed and their first comment was just you know just don't believe in it and it won't affect you. And I was like, well, she obviously believes in it or she wouldn't be asking you this question. But that's just kind of yeah. funny, like how it is true to a certain extent. So many people out there that don't believe are not affected by those beliefs. But if you really strongly believe it, it could change your whole life. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of. Well, and people who don't believe are also not going to have paranormal experiences. Like exactly. they are the ones who are not going to. And and you and I think that if you wanted to explain it as a believer, you could say they're not drawing that energy to them, um, mm-hmm. or the things that they are seeing that are paranormal. They're not open to that. But it, it just does like what Hannah was kind of saying earlier. Like it kind of like it leads. It makes you think that it's all bullshit if the people who think it's bullshit never have any experiences, yeah. and the people who believe in it have all the experience. So are we creating <laughs> are everything? Are we creating it in our yeah, own head? Yeah. And that Reality is why I am a non-believer that is actively seeking to have experiences because <laughs> I, I want it so bad. And I'm trying to open my energy and I'm trying to have those moments. I just think it's funny that you kind of like mentioned like mom about like all of the different energies and about how there's so many different kinds of energies. But like we as humans just like all categorize it as evil. Yeah, because it's we not don't us. understand it. It's separate from us, and or it, we believe it to be separate from like us. It's just like so 
deeply just like ingrained in just like everything just like the whole othering of like okay. not even just like spirits but like other humans <laughs> that was a very good story thanks that was a great story it's interesting i can't wait to ha- continue the conversation on the frauds in our next episode next week yeah and we're gonna record in, in about 20 minutes, 20 minutes. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I get to talk more about how shitty the Warrens are. Yeah, you I do. I don't really wait. get to talk about that as much. No, but, but uh, it was a fun, interesting story. And yeah. I like the, ow, ow, ow. Well, and I thought it was cool because, like, Werewolf. you know, <laughs> Hannah and I, like, in the spirit of Halloween, Hannah's got some good old-fashioned demon possession coming up. And I wanted to get into that good old cryptid life. So (laughs) I guess that's one thing we didn't necessarily talk about yet, not to bring us back into it, but does anyone believe that he was a werewolf? And if so, what are the parameters around those beliefs? Like, because again, this is not like Halloween where like old school uh, caricature of of a werewolf, (laughs) but like the reality of werewolves, do you believe they exist? And do you believe that has some play in what he was experiencing? I think just like I had said before that I that that you can become possessed like people get possessed by energies not of themselves all the time. I think you can become possessed with the spirit of an animal. So yes, I do think there are things that you could say are a werewolf or a shapeshifter. But see, I'm a skeptic in the sense that I won't tell you for sure I believe it. I don't believe believe in shit until I see it, but I also am open-minded that I think there any of that could exist you well, that's know that's kind of where i'm at is that i'm not going to like fully believe until it's like presented to me but i'm also not going to close myself off to the possibility of it being able to exist and just because i can't see it or comprehend it you do, know do i think that there's been some time in the world where somebody has been possessed by the energy or the spirit of an animal and it's affected them physically and mentally yeah probably i think that there has to be some kind of truth to it just based on how like pervasive it is of a story in all cultures exactly and how far back it goes and so i think like i don't i don't think it's the caricature that we've made it out to be in society i absolutely don't think that that is a thing but i think there has to be some kind of truth to it (laughs) just like the vampire yeah i think there's some kind of truth to that too but what it looks like in reality i can't tell you yeah yeah it looks like richard chase (laughs) (laughs) So. Didn't I do a story on a vampire? The Blood Countess or whatever? Yes, you did. Oh, yeah. Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah. And Hannah missed it. And I missed Sorry, it. Sorry, Hannah. Don't be sick. <laughs> I basically think none of it's real, but I'm trying really hard, <laughs> really, really hard to not let that close off my energy to being proven wrong. I think it's funny how I basically think everything is real <laughs> and my and youngest sister thinks nothing is it's real. It's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, everything is real until proven otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just a combination of both. I think everything is real, but nothing is real at the same time. So, well, uh, yeah, I hear you there too. We're living in a real. We're living in a non-reality. The only things that are real are the things that we make real. Mm-hmm. And with that, like how this podcast <laughs> is goodbye. going to have a million followers by this time next year. Yeah, we're, that we're envisioning it, mm-hmm. and that's going to be let's create our reality, reality. people. We have business cards. If anybody would like a business card, <laughs> we will mail it to you in an envelope. <laughs> shoot me an email with your address and I'll mail it. I'll sign it too. Is it time for things that don't it suck? It is. Things that don't suck. Woo! <laughs> All right. Who's got a thing that doesn't suck and wants to go first? I'll go. All right. 
I got a new kitty. Yay! Yay! And this kitty is not replacing my other kitty. No. It's that- evidenced by her lack of ever wanting to interact with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, she's doing pretty well. She's extremely skittish. She was um, a stray in New Mexico and she flew on a plane or hel- helicopter or plane or something all the way up to Colorado. Aww. And she had three little kittens who she loved very, very much. And then they were ripped from her. Aww. No, not really. They weren't ripped from her. But she did stay attached to them long after she... That's um, sweet. She, like long after most moms usually are like, okay, go on. And then they were they were rehomed and all. But anyway. The fuck alone. Quit sucking on my teeth. <laughs> most of the time, that's what moms are like. In humans as well. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so she had like this little traumatic first year and a half of her life. And so she's very skittish. Um, but she's coming out of her shell. She's interacting. She's very curious about Sid, my other kitty. And she loves pets. And she's, she's definitely not running away from Matt and I as much as she used to. So she's... She's, good. she's coming out but it's extremely slow going and so i'm in this like i'll be on reddit and i'll see two different posts that just make me very very upset and the first is posts about people's kitties that are really old like Aww. 17 years old 18 Aww, and i'm yeah. like f you my kitty didn't live that long and it makes me sad and then the second Your cat was 16 that's old yeah but people are like here's my 26 year old cat and i'm like you I suck haven't, I haven't get off seen the internet that post. go away <laughs> or like here's my 17 year old dog and i'm like dogs aren't even supposed to live as long kyle's as dog lived to be 17 years old but he had a oh. shitty little chihuahua that existed oh, only that. out of spite but it that's just why makes Loki's me mad. Still alive. That's why Loki's still Loki's alive. He's older than my pet. That's the thing so that's, is that I firmly believe that I've had a cats solid two more years of peeing on dicks. the floor than you. I'm sorry. Cats that are dicks at their core, just live pets in longer. general that are dicks at their core, live longer. And I'm convinced. It's and just the because sweetest, they most exist. precious ones die I early. Know. I will. And I know that he and a banana be lost. Bog. Last Neil Bog that when hit me hard. I know it hit you And I know little Babaloo. But that's the sort of like. It's the opposite of schadenfreude. In schadenfreude, you see someone whose life suck and you're like, haha, mine's better. And this is like, it's not fair. Why don't I get <laughs> what you have? So anyway, that's the first type of post that I'm seeing that pisses me off. The second type of post is like brand new cats that they bring home from the shelter that are like cuddling all over them. Aww. And I'm like, F you, mine's hiding under the no, TV. I get that because my sweet Pierre had a solid eight years of a traumatic life before he entered our household. So anyway, her name is Elmandreda, which that is my second Wheel of Time reference today, <laughs> if both make it um, both into the, the podcast. So we call her Min, because that's the nickname of Elmandreda in How old is she? So she, they gave her a birth date of November 27th, based, which basically they said she was a year and a half old and it was May. And so they were like, here, that's her date. So she's going to be two. So she's going to be two, but I mean, they don't really know. Yeah. So but she's young. That's cool. But you know how they can get it wrong. Like they're yeah. like, you've told me, Salem, that like the range of a one year old cat coming uh-huh. in off the one streets to five. can be huge. So they're calling her almost two, um, but she's mini. And so we called her Min because of the character from the book, but she's mini. She's Aww. like small. And so it fits her really well. So I That's call her cute. mini Min and I'll call her mini Min. And she, she likes me. She doesn't run away from me that much. And we cuddle a little. That's I mean, not really much. <laughs> anyway, so she's my happy thought right now. Ollie Aww. used to be mini until he got fat. Well, he's a fat. And now punch. he's <laughs> huge, but he still has a little pinhead. He does. <laughs> and his tick body, and he needs to lose some weight. No. I know. All right. 
Who else is happy today? And I'm has having a, thing? a pretty good day. Last night, my thing that doesn't suck is that last night, Hannah and I went over to our friend Ryan's house, who is going to be an upcoming guest on the podcast Woo-hoo! in the next few months. So look out for that. And we literally played Among Us for like, for like three four hours. hours last night. Um, I had never played before. And we basically just like created, so it was like a group of like five of us. And we like created a private room, but then opened it up to the public. So no matter who the imposter was, it was basically just like the five of us ganging on whatever poor unfortunate soul <laughs> happened to randomly Aww. join our group. Like, it was great. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So that's my thing that doesn't suck. That's and cool. that is why Hannah is having as rough of a day as she is. Oh, hey. poor Hannah. Well, I would say my thing that doesn't suck is that George just got his first contract, I don't know what you would call it, order for a guitar. Oh, yeah. He's going to make a guitar for Ooh, money. Somebody, that's awesome. Somebody saw the Frankenstrat that he made, and they ordered one. So that's he's awesome. going to make that's really one cool. for them. Yeah, that he's pretty excited cool about it. That cool, too, because it's carrying on Rick's vision. Oh, and then, oh that's and really And he's going nice. to make some money. It's like an actually going to be like a little professional thing. That's, so. that's cool. really cool. cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah, he's pretty excited about that, and I'm proud of him. He has that to look forward to, and he's pretty proud, too. Well, and he's been, like, you know, like, doing this for so long. It's just, like, a hobby, and it's cool that he has this opportunity to, like, make it into something that can, you know, like, just, like, add to that. I've been trying to get him to do it for a while, like, to branch out, but I'm glad he now feels like he has the confidence. He's got this this that he can do that he feels like and he's been practicing for years i know <laughs> and he's good yeah he's good at what he's he got does he's got, with all yeah. that practice. Yeah. i just that's think cool. that's so cool kyle and i talk about it all the time about how like george like was like really into music and like learning the guitar and then was like oh i'm not really getting anywhere with this and then he started learning how to build guitars yep. like george took something that he was passionate about and then took something that he was really fucking good at and like blended the two yeah. into this like yeah. perfect harmonious bullshit and i wish that i could come up with a way to fucking do that uh my right, thing that doesn't girl. suck it's kind of related to that in that I sold my first pair of earrings and I got Woo-hoo. money for Yay! it. Yay! And I left the ones I made for Kelly and the one I made for mom at home. Oh, That's no. okay. That's you can okay. still pay me today if you want. I, <laughs> I don't have any cash. So no, that was my problem. Uh, too. I also accept Venmo and PayPal. Or I can Google have Matt pay. Venmo you. <laughs> Nice. All right. Well, are we ready to say goodbye? Yeah. Don't so. forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at FFS the podcast. And we're uh, have a Gmail so you can email us FFS the podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Tell your friends. Shout us Comment. out. Leave us a review. We want to know how we're doing. Yeah, go, go to iTunes. And, you know, there's at the bottom of our page, you'll see these little stars. If you could just click all five of them. Just, just click yeah. one. You just all five of them. I genuinely just want to know how we're doing. Like, <laughs> right now, the only review is me. And I would like it. You are a podcast? Yes, I did. <laughs> I was very 